Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. sun yellow well that's because it's a hot thing up there and it's hot up there and then we get its heat daddy why is the sky blue because it's a reflection on the ocean daddy why are human beings mean because sometimes people are born evil hi i'm a father and i'm implementing my ideas on my child i have I've stuck around because I'm a good man. I have a wife and children that I love. Come to me with your questions. Thank you, Amber. Okay. That, was, that was that was perfect. I appreciate that. That was a very. It was very close to my life. <laughs> hey, everyone, how you doing? This is the brighter side. Ahmed Larson. That was Amber Nelson. And today we're talking about dads. Dad. That's right. That's right. My movie is out. Go check out the movie How America Killed My Mother. Dot com. Uh, this is part of the Brighter Side series. This is the last episode in our uh, series about all the things that wronged my mother. And I mean, the, we can keep doing them. I guess so. I mean, there is more. There is more. I, insurance companies. Birds. Oh, my God. Birds, cats, living together, those sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, so uh, this is uh, this is closing it out. And, um, you know, the last thing that, like, was really stressful in my life uh, towards the end of, in the end of my mom's life was uh, our relationship with my father. Uh, he uh, did a lot of like really, really crummy things when we were alive, when we were together. And uh, and then when he left, we just never heard from him. He never paid any alimony. Whoa. He took some. Of, he took uh, half of my college fund. Whoa. Uh, we talked about it, but I was very impressionable and seventeen years old, you know. So it was just like, you know, like of course, like I let him take it. So he never gave like your mom any money, even though he left. No, never, never. He never paid any alimony. He might have done one payment. He owed her like over a hundred thousand dollars. Wow, and she's by herself raising you. She's well, got to get diapers and. Well, no, 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 no. My my parents got separated when I was twenty. Oh. So it was alimony, okay. not child support. I see. Yeah. So it was just money he owed her, not me. And so, oh, interesting. I, I haven't heard about this. So yeah. after you've had the kid and they're over eighteen. Yeah. You still have to pay the wife. Well, yeah. You get divorced. I mean, you get divorced. She she relied on him for an income. Oh, she was a housewife. She, well, there wasn't a housewife, but like she had a shitty job and he had a good job. Yeah. You know, and that's how it goes. Like anyone who has like a, a, a well-off husband or a well-off wife, if they get divorced, they get half of everything is theirs. That's the whole thing. Mm. That's part of marriage. You know, so my dad, 
you know, never gave my mom her half. And so that was like a really fucked up thing and hard thing. And so I picked up the slack and I helped my mom out and I lived with her for a while. And, you know, I would send her money when she needed money. I had a, you know, we had a joint bank account. I would pay her bills when she got a little too irresponsible. I, uh, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, if uh, she went and gambled and, or anything, I would have to pick up the slack. I'd go to her with, to the doctor, you know, stuff like that. I was basically her husband, uh, her husband in a weird way. And so it was, uh, it, it was intense. And my mom, uh, never got over what my dad did to her. You he know, cheated on her. Yes. A lot. He cheated on her a lot. He had about six girlfriends in six different countries. I mean, cheating, like the person is never fully okay after they've been cheated on. I've met yeah. so many people that are still just riddled with like self-doubt, mm-hmm. guilt. Maybe I did something wrong. Should yeah. I have gained weight? Should I have lost weight for them? And really, they're a cheater. A cheater is always going to be a cheater. Well, some people get past it. Some, you know, some people are able to, you know, get, you know, work against it. And But it wasn't like it was in one incident with yeah. my dad. It was six. You know, so that's much bigger. That's like a whole different thing. Like he was cheating on the people he was cheating on my mom with. Mm. You know, like it was like it was deep. He has a whole other family, yeah. No, well now he does, but they're you know they got nothing to do with anything, and he's a different man now. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing, is you know he he learned from his mistakes and he learned from all the shitty things that he did, and he doesn't do them anymore. He's great to this family. He he treat, he's he's wonderful to them. He he works hard, you know, and and he doesn't. He's faithful, and he doesn't, you know, try to do anything wrong. And yeah, that's bothersome a little bit because that's not how it was for me. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm glad he's a better dude. Yeah, at least he's a better butt person to somebody. Yeah, yeah, and we have a better relationship now. And we went a long time without even like we over from my parents got divorced on my twentieth birthday. Oh, good for them. Yes. <laughs> Great. They're so thoughtful of them to announce that to you. Yeah. So, well, no, they announced it before mm-hmm. and it was, they got divorced October 5th, 2001. So it was like right after uh, 9-11 and my mom was a fucking wreck. And so I just went down and I like, my, they wanted me to go to the, my mom wanted me to go to the trial and I was just like, I'm not going to the fucking trial. I was like, I'll drive you. And I, if, in retrospect, I should have went just for to support her because she had no one to support her. Oh. But I, but I drove her and then waited for it to end, and then I picked her up. And I remember I'm just like walking around downtown Miami, kind of while they're like getting divorced, and I'm just like kind of just like walking around, listening to music, waiting for it to be over. And then I, I run into my dad on the street. And he's got like different color hair. He's got an earring. He's got like, you know, and all this. It's like a different, you like, he like morphed who he was a little bit. And so it was like really weird. And then that was the last time I saw my dad for like 10 years. And like, I talked to him like two or three times. And then like, I, then I saw him again and I didn't like, I never cared. You know, I never was upset. I never like held it against him. Everything that went wrong. And then when I saw him again and we hung out for four days straight, I was like, oh, I'm mad at you. I didn't realize it because yeah. I had been like hiding that emotion in me, you know, but like I'm I'm fucking I'm mad. I didn't yeah. like, I had no clue. 
Sometimes it takes over a decade to realize you're mad about something. Yeah. You just sit and you're like, it's fine. That's a coping mechanism to say, it's fine. Everything's fine. I can handle it. And no, it's not fine. You can't handle it. And it's just, it's harder to face the problem. I mean, I know I had a drinking problem for years simply mm-hmm. because of things I wouldn't face that took me over a decade to be like, oh, that happened to me and that was wrong. Yeah. And I'm mad. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, it's something triggers it and you're just like, fuck. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then it was like the next and like two weekends from then was Father's Day. And the day before Father's Day, my mom's car broke, like just straight up broke, like the radiator cracked in half or some shit like that. And like there was another problem with it and it cost twelve hundred dollars and I had fourteen hundred dollars and I paid for it. Mm-hmm. And so all my money just went to my mom's fucking car. My dad's never paid a cent to alimony. Father's Day is the next day. I don't call him. I'm pissed off that I'm dad, you know? So I don't call him on Father's Day because I'm mad. Because you never had a childhood, it sounds like. I mean, I I did. I had a childhood, for but, sure. Okay. This is like, I'm t- this is like, it's Your all 20s. happened. I'm 20. Okay. I'm 20 years old when my parents get divorced. So I had the whole childhood, which was kind of fucked up in its own right, you know? Like, but I'll tell you about that in a second. Yeah. But the... Uh, what I will say about like, like I, I didn't want to wish him a happy Father's Day because I'm like I'm broke because you refused to give mom alimony, so I'm not gonna. Go. And then he texted me and he's like, I was real sad not to hear from you yesterday. And I was like, now you know how I felt on my last ten birthdays. Whoa, there you go. And that was the last time we talked for like three years until fast forward, he's about to die, and he's he's like on his on knocking on death's door. He's about to get his foot amputated. I get the call. This is the mar. This is like two months before my mom passed away. And I get the call, and I was like, you know, he's not doing well. So I fly out to Reno. I've got flu. I got a hundred and two temperature. I fly out to Reno, and I, I get a hotel room, and we make up like right before his surgery. I walk in, like we don't know if he's gonna come out of the surgery. Obviously, he does. Uh, and I walk. I remember walking up and seeing him about to get wheeled off, and once again, he looks like a different dude. He's bald. His nose is way bigger because like 10 years have passed, you know, and all this shit. And so I I see and then, you know, I see this like frail little man about to get wheeled into surgery. And I was just like, all my hate just like straight up went out the window. Wow. And I was just like, uh, I was like, good luck in there. I love you. You know, and it's just like and that was and I said, then I waited and I saw him the next day when he like came to. That's got to be crazy for you to not really know what your dad, because I have an image in my head of what my dad looks like, mm-hmm. even though he's passed away, but like it's there, but to not have that. Yeah. Well, I have it again now because mm-hmm. now we've, you know, since then, you know, and then, you know, I go out, I fly out to Reno to like go like make amends with my dad before he passes away because I don't want him to die with us hating each other. Yeah. So, you know, we, we make amends and then my mom dies out of nowhere. Just like like a kick to the nuts. And he was cool about it. Obviously, he didn't come to the funeral because, you know, I mean, not not as much that no one wanted him there as much as like he physically couldn't do it. Yeah. And he didn't have any money. You know, he has uh, both his legs are amputated. Now, both of his legs uh, below the knee are amputated. Mm. But I will say this dude's fucking stubborn. He's kicking it. He's starting to do good. No pun intended. And uh, he's got two. Uh, he's got two prosthetics, and he's gonna start therapy next week. And 
he's already up on one and hopefully he's gonna lieutenant dan this shit and start walking again wow you know and he could have like a i could get another 10 years out of him who knows who knows and so it's 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 nice you know and i'm glad honestly thank god we're going out like this because this is the best case scenario for me and my dad it's not good but it's the best case scenario from what i had just to hold anger and resent and then that person dies and you're like well i guess there's no closure yeah exactly it's just like and i understand some people i mean like i know that a lot of dads have done a lot of rotten things and some things are unforgivable and you can't come back from that shit but if you can find it in your heart to forgive them you're not doing it for them you're doing it for yourself oh god the resentment and hate it it shows like it's uh, it makes its way to your face like a mask <laughs> yes it does you know and you get droopy jowls you, you scowl for the rest of your life uh, yeah it is dark circles under eyes you know you want to be fresh and moisturized and happy mm-hmm. and that takes a lot of forgiveness yeah you know really and does. acceptance sometimes it's just accepting of who somebody is mm-hmm. you know a lot of my older brothers they were sort of like a father to me because they're much much older than me many times like they just wouldn't come home for christmas and they would say they would but they didn't and <sighs> i would get so mad and then of i was course. like after a while i was like oh i'm just gonna have to accept that as who you are you're just gonna say this one thing and do another so i'm just not going to believe things you say <laughs> yeah no exactly yeah that's such a fucking bummer. Yeah, don't tell me you're going to come home for Christmas and then not come home. That's why I stopped going home for Christmas for like over a decade. Yeah, I mean, what's the point? What's the point? Like everybody, like, we're going to come home and we're just waiting for the car to pull in the drive. I'm going to spend all of my money on a plane ticket to get lied to? Yeah. You know, <laughs> like that's not that's not productive. No, it's not. Not at all. But your dad, uh, he passed away when you, when you were pretty young. How yeah, old were you? Yeah, about 24, 25. Here's what he looks like. So this is what the image I have in my head. Wow, you guys look so much alike. Yeah, it's like the thick hair. Your face. The face? Yes. I mean, I see it. I, I understand, like, I don't always see it. And, like, people say that when they see my mom. Like, you look a lot like your mom. Like, I don't really see it. But, like, I totally, as someone who looks at your face constantly. Yeah. Totally see it. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's great. So my mom didn't cheat on him. <laughs> And here's me as a baby. I look, I'm always screaming. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> <laughs> always screaming. When I was a child, they said I wouldn't stop screaming. And the only way to get me to stop was to put me in the stroller. And my brothers would do this. They would mm-hmm. run as fast as they could down the street. And I would just start laughing. I got to get you on a roller coaster. <laughs> I don't know why this is gonna. This is so hard for us. So like, you're kind of loving it, okay, I promise. Okay. <laughs> I just gotta bring some aspirin. So, w- tell me about your relationship with your dad. I know he protected you. I remember one story you told me about after Katrina. Uh, he uh, was scared away some people with a shotgun in your front yard. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, but uh, what was like your childhood like growing up? Was he very involved? Was he? He was. He was very involved. I feel like he understood me more than other people like Mm -hmm. a lot of people kind of they didn't like me they thought of me strange or whatever like or kind of like a little childhood bitch like I remember one time I was um I had this DVD of this workout tape and people were like can I borrow that and I was like sure but I paid for it so you have to pay me five dollars if you want to watch it and then uh I remember like everybody else being like what a horrible thing to say my father was like great (laughs) (laughs) you're like good job honey Um, he would take me, which I know I wouldn't do that now, but that was Mm -hmm. like, you know, when I didn't have a lot of, um, 
human interaction and I was like you pay me for everything like everything was I right, just a disclaimer everybody my dad actually wasn't proud of me when I sold the workout DVDs borrowed them he was actually kind of disappointed mm-hmm. now that I think about it I feel like a bad person but it was before a lot of like the DVDs came out they were a hot commodity in the south and um you know, I was trying to run a racket, okay? Mm. I've since then learned that that's a bad thing to do. I got the Playboy channel only in my bedroom growing up, and I used to make tapes and sell them at school, and so you shouldn't feel bad. No. You know, Martin Scarelli came, both of his parents were um, janitors. Really? Yeah. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck. Anyways. Yeah. And um, I went to, like, pick up trucks. He would, like, always take me around in the woods like he would drive really fast and i would sit on the back and hold it and he would just go down the roads that's fun yeah he taught me how to drive man they let us do all kinds of crazy shit in the 90s and 80s you couldn't do that today. <laughs> no somebody saw that today they would like, pull here you over. Go. here's your uh, gift of uh nails yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah baby's should... first nail baby's first nail <laughs> My dad showed me how to shoot a gun. Cool. Um, he taught me how to drive. And he said important things that I still keep in mind today. Like, people go real fast around you. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, see, I want you to see this car that's going really fast and passing everybody up. Now, when we get to the next stoplight, they're going to be at that stoplight. And they always were. And he said, see that? If you drive like a maniac, you're still going to get to the same place at the same time with somebody. That's great advice. That is great advice. I remember one of the few times me and my dad ever got into a little bit of fisticuffs or whatever I got, uh, one of the few times my dad hit me. Uh, Not that he abused me, you know, like, you know, like he spanked me when I did something wrong. But like, I remember one of the few was when we were driving and I just yanked the wheel out of his hand and turned it to the right and we swerved and almost and like swerved onto the sidewalk and shit. And then he just slapped me right in the face with a backhand. And, uh... I deserve that. Yeah. I'd say you deserve that. <laughs> Could have killed some people. I don't, uh, I don't hold that one against them at all. Nope. That's like, that's like one of those moments that just stuck in my head. And I was like, yeah, I checks out. i glad he hit me. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a bad habit to develop. Yeah. There you go. I would always play kind of rough, like on the playground or running around and mm-hmm. just like be like a little too much. And my dad was the one to be like, she'll be fine. Yeah. yeah, my dad. Too, that's what dads are for. They're yeah. like calm down the moms and let the kids have some fun. And you're supposed as a kid, I feel like you're supposed to get hurt a little bit. Yeah, you're supposed to get dirty. You're supposed to get in some trouble. You know, I mean, how are you gonna know right from wrong if you don't get in trouble every once in a while? And skin your knee. How do you pick yourself back up? That's right. I fully believe that homework at school. I mean, I haven't been to school in forever, and it's yeah. like PTSD flashbacks just talking about it. But homework is really less about learning the subject and more about just keeping you still and keeping you there. Yeah. Because if you go out and climb a tree and fall and pick yourself up again, you're mm-hmm. gonna learn certain life skills that you can't from any old science textbook or whatever. Amen to I don't that. want you doing that. I bought my buddy, I got drunk the other night and uh, I did some drunk uh, shopping on uh, on the computer and I bought my buddy who's a teacher, I bought him a t-shirt that says homework sucks and I'm real proud of it. I had them make it so it's a one of a kind and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm real happy about it. Good job. <laughs> you want to tell some jokes? Oh yeah. All right, so I wrote a, a food joke. Some of them are just like dad-like jokes like in the style of a dad. I love it. Okay. What do dyslexic horses eat? What? Yeah. (laughs) 
I love it. Let's uh, hit me with another one. Hit me with another one. Okay. What fast food do pirates eat? What? Arby's. That's right, they do. <laughs> you do that or Hardee's. <laughs> oh, man. I got a couple more. They're both not good, though. I love, let's hear them. Let's hear them. Let's do yours first because mine are about my dad. So okay. they're kind of like a story. So two not good ones. All right. Yeah. A leaf blower, a lawnmower, and a vegan walk into a bar, and the bartender says, what do you have? They all say, a wheatgrass shot. <laughs> that's, that's really bad. I, do, I like it. <laughs> or I was going to do a leaf blower and a lawnmower walk into a bar, and the bartender says, what do you have? They're like, ah, 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 because <laughs> they're so loud. And last one, um, yeah, being a father is so important because your child is going to marry someone who's just like their father. That's why I'm going to marry a corpse. <laughs> going out on a sad one. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the the, pie, the the dyslexic horses, that's the winner. All right. So the when I when I wrote about my dad, it's uh, it's, it's uh, he you know he might have did a lot of crappy things to me and my mom over the years, but by far the worst thing he ever did to any of us is. Make us Dolphins fans. <laughs> that's really hard to deal with. You, there was no one else you couldn't like anyone. Not you, the Yankees. Couldn't be a Cowboy fan. You couldn't have had those four fun years. Gotta <laughs> fucking do that to me. What but are my, the Miami Dolphin cheerleaders? What are they just like? All right, I'm pregnant. <laughs> fish, get your fish here. Get your. I remember one thing of my. The Dolphins used to have this mascot called Dolphin Denny. And Dolphin Denny was like this like fat dude who wore tiny shorts and his nuts were popping out and he had a cowboy hat and a dolphin's vest. And he was around from the 70s and he was always on the field like trying to get a, and my me and my dad used to just always be like Dolphin Denny, your nuts are showing, and then he'd be like, "Fuck you!" It was the funniest fucking thing. We just always like, we'd all be like, "You suck!" <laughs> like just like heckling the guy, the cheerleader guy. That's <laughs> really like, funny. <laughs> Another thing you can't do today. No, 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 you can't. It was a, it was a good. Uh, my dad also taught me another thing at the games, which I still carried to me to this day. Is he would like throw something at the people in front of us. And then whenever they would turn around, he would also turn around and be like, hey, who did that? Who was that? Who did that? And it's a great prank, and I continue to use it to this day. That's fun. Uh, but my dad lives in Reno now, and so whenever I go visit him, I stay at Circus Circus, which I don't know if you've been to Circus Circus, but I think it's French for uh, homeless homeless. <laughs> <laughs> I never seen a tiger smoke a cigarette before, but if you head over to Circus Circus, you could check that out. The uh, the um, the acrobats, man, they were so hammered that they uh, trapeed all over all of us. Oh! <laughs> but when I was hanging out with my dad, and I was going to meet him, and so I called him up. I was like, "Let's go out to dinner. Anywhere you want to go, let's go check out. Let's go get some dinner. It's on me. This is like, you know, let's go have some fun." And he's like, all right, well, let's go to the uh, buffet over at the El Dorado. And I was like, ah, no, let's not go to the buffet at the El Dorado. Let's go somewhere nice. Let's go get a steak. It's on me. Don't worry about it. I can't wait to take all of you out. Let's have a good time. He's like, I'm telling you, the El Dorado buffet is the way to go. And it's like, don't you want to go to a meal where you don't have to get up at all? You got no legs. It's like, what, what, just like, I, just like, I'm just going to be stuck serving you all night. And you want to go to a buffet? Was just like, and then we get to the buffet and no one's got legs. 
And that's the difference between Reno and Vegas. There you go. <laughs> was that how good the buffet was? Is it because no one had legs? It was a pretty good buffet. Because they all have diabetes. <laughs> that's how good of a buffet it was. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Well, so we're going to stop down for a moment. And I want to, uh, uh, this, we have an interview with me and my dad. And I figured now would be a good time to, to throw it in there. And basically this is from the movie. Uh, we, you know, I sat down with my dad for an hour and like five minutes that are in the movie. So here's a, here's some of the excerpts from the rest of that interview with, uh, me and my dad. So here's my dad. All right. We just got over to my pop's house, go say hi, talk to him for a little bit, meet the rest of the family. And, uh, I don't know, just have a nice civil conversation. Hello. Hello. Hey. What's going on? Hey, Sandra. She just got home. Hey, what's how going you on, doing? Bob? How you doing? Good. Oh, good. Oh, good. Oh, good. Oh, good. Hey, Sandra, this is Julie. Come on in. Come on. How you doing? Oh, thanks for having us, guys. I really appreciate it. Oh, nice place. Is this your family? Yes, this is a thing. My father, no, my father, my mother, wow. my sister Liliana, and my brother. That's your brother? Mm-hmm. Your my sister? Brother, the whole guy. Wow. Yes. Are they still in Peru? Yes, he's in Peru. Hey. Uh-huh. What's going cool. on? bedroom. He um, always hated cats. Yeah. Is he allergic still? No. No? No. You allergic? No, he was. Or he oh, used to be really? anyway. Now hey, he's baby. It's no shoes. He's a good girl. Oh. Really. Uh, Basic stuff, no, back to yeah. you, tiny closet and, and the bathroom with all the equipment for this thing. I love your neighborhood, it's so pretty. <laughs> yes. I love the uh, mountains. Really? Yeah. How are you doing? Like, You've been working oh, a lot. Working very hard, really. Three three jobs, but it's okay. Three jobs? Two jobs now. Uh -huh. Oh, two now? Plus university. <laughs> but you got the next couple of days off because I hectares, right? Yes. Uh -huh. That's great. Yes, it's okay. I need money. I need yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. I understand. Trust me, I understand. I understand. <laughs> yes, but it's okay. All right. Well, thanks for having me over, Dad. I appreciate it. Well, you're my son. You're always welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you. So, uh, how you been? I've been good. I've, of course, had a, a rough year, as you well know. Yeah. And, and, what uh, happened? Uh, basically, I lost my leg. And uh, then uh, when it started to heal and uh, I had another accident and went from standing back to sitting, and now that's first starting to heal. So... I'm feeling stronger now and uh, um, having a chance to reflect back to my past somewhat. Yeah. You, you lost your leg because of complications of diabetes, correct? Correct. Correct. So you and mom were diabetics. That's right. That's right. No. You didn't get yours till later on in life. That's right. Um, yeah, uh, mom suffered through it for a lot of years. Since I, when I was born? Yeah. So I was a big monster. 
Yeah, that's uh, why you were so big. That's exactly (laughs) right. Six days after I was born, she was a diabetic. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. And I I came along later, but she was um, insulin dependent, and she was really serious. Yeah. I, on the other hand, I was insulin dependent for a while, and then through diet and exercise, I got off insulin and have never really gone back to it. So, um, Then how did it get so bad that you had to lose your leg? Um, I developed a wound, an open wound on the foot. Mm-hmm. And like so many diabetics, I ignored it. And didn't want to go to a wound doctor, didn't want to go to a regular doctor. Uh, until I couldn't walk on it anymore, and then I figured it was time. But by that point, it was probably too late. Yeah. Um, I went through, I believe, eight surgeries before they decided to take the leg off. And um, I had a pretty bad time at that point. A um, couple times, they actually thought they were going to lose me. Yeah. And um, thanks to uh, uh, Sandra, my wife, and my son Hector and you, uh, it gave me a reason to go on, and I did fight through it. And uh, uh, like one of the problems I had, for example, is from all the surgeries, they had me lying flat on my back for months. Yeah. And that switched me around for my blood pressure. So it got to a point every time I sat up, my blood pressure dropped. Oh. And and a couple times I collapsed, and they didn't know if they could revive me. And um, I remember a physical therapist telling me and my wife, Sandra, um, we can't help them. And they actually put me out of the home I was in. And I went into another home where the therapists were a little more open-minded. They knew what was wrong with me, and they said, we can fix that. And they worked with me five, ten minutes a day where I would sit up and then sit back. Yeah. And it got to a point where my body started to accept sitting up. And then I was able to get full physical therapy. And I think that's when my real recovery began, when I could actually go through physical therapy. And then I got to a point where I was actually stronger than my therapist. Yeah. And and they released me finally to go home after a year of being away from home. So it was a tough time. It was a tough year. So I remember you also have problems with your kidneys. How's that coming? Not good. Um, the kidney is failing. Yeah. Um, I am gonna I am gonna need a kidney transplant at some point. Sandra has offered her kidney. Are you on a list, or Sandra? I am going on a list from uh, a university in California, University of California, Davis, yeah. that specializes in uh, kidney plant transplants. And I've already been examined and talked to by them. Um, one of the things I did do, as you know, I have a twin sister, Donna. Yeah. And they told me to get in touch with her because her kidney would be a perfect match for me. Yeah. Uh, but she doesn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. So... And I understand. Um, you kind of caught her at a bad moment. I don't know if you realized that. Did she tell you? No. When you called and asked? No. It was at Shireen's wedding. Oh, was? I yeah. Just, I don't know. <laughs> no. I was never one for timing. 
but I, I understand the no and, and I accept it. Um, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. The kidney is, they say, uh, I've improved my kidney function from my diet. Yeah. Uh, I don't eat like I used to eat, although last night being an exception. <laughs> um, but um, with diabetes, at some point, like they say, your kidney will stop working. Yeah. And the other thing that was a shock through all this was the uh, fact that I found out I was born with one kidney. So bizarre. And I didn't know that until a couple years ago. And I figured my mother had to know, when I, maybe she didn't. Mm. Uh, I asked the doctor, is there any way anybody in my family would have known this? She said, probably not. Yeah. They're not going to check for uh, kidneys when you're born. Mm. I thought about it, you're probably right. So I've been dealt a tough hand, but I'm fighting through it. And yeah. like you say, I feel good now. I actually feel pretty strong and pretty good. Um, and I'm, I'm at a point, as I say, where I can reminisce. I can, I can look back on my life and the good points and the bad points. And, yeah. and I'll be the first to admit there were a lot of bad in my life, yeah. uh, which I probably should have uh, done differently. But looking at the circumstances and looking at um, my attitude at the time, it was different than it is now. Uh, I've taken a, with all the things that have gone wrong with me health-wise in the last few years, I've taken a different look at things, calmer. Um, you know, uh, for example, uh, you know, I used to gamble quite a bit. Yeah. And um, I gambled, I think, out of boredom. Mm-hmm. Um, as I think most people do. You get bored. Or you get lonely and you gamble. Yeah. And I, I was bored with my life uh, for years. Everything came too easy for me. Yeah. When you were in the hospital, what would you... So how was your insurance? Like, how were you able to afford all your care? Um, I'm on Medicare. Okay. Um, and that picked up a good portion of it. Yeah. Um, with the eight surgeries and all the other things I went through, my hospital bill actually ran in the millions. Um, our portion of it is about twenty or thirty thousand dollars, which, in truth, we don't have. Um, it's. I went from a successful life to a very unsuccessful life, um, and that's kind of what we're going through right now. Um, I haven't worked, you know, in a meaningful job in well over a year because of the accident. But I don't want to complain. I'm getting through it. Yeah. And financially, what happens, happens, but I'll get through it. Um, you know, my, my attitude is as long as we have a roof over our heads and as long as we can all eat, everything's fine. <clears throat> That's what I always said to mom you know, whenever we were going through financial times, you know, it was just... Yeah, we'll get through it. We always do, you know. Yeah, and life for me then was, again, much, much better. I was earning a lot of money, and it was coming easily to me. Yeah. And when that happens, as I reflect back, is when the gambling set in. Yeah. 
um, I got bored. Yeah. I got bored with everything, my life, my marriage, even my job, as good as it was. I got bored, and I turned to gambling, which created some excitement initially. The win-loss, yeah. the you know, putting every dime on a table. If you lose, you lose. If you win, you win. It created a, an excitement inside you that you don't get going home at night and sleeping. How often do you think you were gambling back then? I mean, you were probably betting on sports every week. At, at no, I, I, I never really bet on sports. Um, well, there was the football pools. The, the only thing I ever bet on was the football team I played for, the University of Missouri. Yeah. And I didn't win very much doing that. <laughs> um, but I, 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 I didn't like that kind of betting for some reason. Yeah. I played blackjack and craps and a little bit of roulette. Mm -hmm. And I took a lot of vacations because we had the money to do it. Yeah. And you remember them. Every vacation was basically gambling. That's right. Was... We would take cruises, yeah. seven-day cruises. And we would spend seven days in the casino. You and mom would be in the casino. And, and you'd be out playing trying video to games. Yeah. Video games or trying to scamper up money yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, in, uh, and we'd stop in ports like uh, Aruba, places like that, which had casinos. And rather than enjoying the island of Aruba, straight back to Aruba. We went to the casino in Aruba. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was our life. And a bunch of these, I figured I'd give you one of them. News article. Oh, when, when you were born. When I was born. I remember these. Biggest baby. He was, uh, you were the biggest baby in the state of Florida. Yeah. Um, until uh, a, a couple months later, a bigger one came. And I remember when they, the hospital actually celebrated, you gave you a little bag of uh, silver dollars. Oh, yeah. You don't remember that? I was a baby. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, and, we, and, and I remember, you, I don't know what happened to that bag of silver dollars, but... Yeah. <laughs> probably on somebody's blackjack table. <laughs> <laughs> we got this from the Dolphins games. You, Uncle Mark. <laughs> yeah. We did these uh, tailgate parties. They... they I used to get season tickets every year for the Dolphins, mm -hmm. and we made a big deal of it. It was a whole day affair where so we would fun. we would go, we would barbecue uh, before the game, mm -hmm. and then after the game we'd go to a steakhouse. Or I mean, we lived well those those yeah. days. Um, today I can't even get to a a UNR game. <laughs> no. It was Uncle Mark. You worked with him. He was your. He best was my. He was best friend, and uh, he owned the company, and he also passed away. Um, yeah, he had heart problems. He had uh, heart problems for years, and ignored it. And eventually, he did get bypass surgery, like I got. But I got mine in time, where there was no damage to my heart. Mm. His heart was fifty percent gone when he when he did it. Yeah. And I think six or seven months after the surgery, he passed away. Yeah. But he was my best friend um, for years. But even that went sour uh, toward the end of uh, my Florida regime. What happened, if you don't mind me asking? Um, 
I did a lot of traveling in those days, foreign traveling. Mm -hmm. And I did a lot of partying, a lot of playing. Um, and, and this is probably where the problems began with your mother and I, where I'd be in places like Panama. Yeah. And, and I'd meet people, we'd party, I'd have a good time. And Here's my your passport. passport. You could probably look through where you went. Yeah. This is one busy passport. Yeah. I did a lot of traveling for the company, and I did good. But it got to a point where I was spending money that I shouldn't have been spending. And I was doing things and spending time um, with everything I shouldn't have been doing, everything from drinking to gambling to women, uh, again, because everything came so easy to me. Mm. And I was bored. I was actually bored with my life, and I just exploded. Uh, you know, traveling to places like Peru, um, they looked at American businessmen as like kings in those days. Not today. Yeah. But in those days, it was a big deal to be an American businessman. And I'd come in with a double-breasted jacket, and I'd have people coming up to me. And it was hard to say no. And I got involved in things I... I, I can honestly say I'm sorry I did. Yeah. And and it affected my home life big time. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, again, along with the gambling, there was, as I said, the drinking, the traveling, the, the women. Um, I actually felt like Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, and it's not a humorous thing. Um, when you think you could do anything in the world because everything came so easy. Yeah. And it's not until everything comes hard that you realize what a fool you were then. And that's kind of where I'm at now. I lost my leg. I had a heart attack. Been through absolute hell. Because you were making a lot of money back then. I was. Like at least like what, like one twenty-five a year or something like that. Over a hundred and almost one hundred and sixty thousand dollars a year. And then we have mom's salary too. That's right. And we spent it all. We spent. We didn't save anything. Uh, we lived in a nice house, but we spent it all: vacations, that was gambling. 15, 20, 25 years ago. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, and and again. The old thing of you know putting it away for a rainy day, uh, we we just didn't do it. We lived to every dime we earned, which was now I look back a terrible mistake. Mm. Um, but as I was saying, the 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 world traveling I was doing and the respect I was getting from people all over the world. I mean, I went everywhere from Russia to Germany to about every country in South America. Yeah. Um, and I just felt bigger than I truly was. Mm. And it affected uh, certainly my marriage. It affected my relationship with you. Yeah. Uh, to a point now where I can actually sit here and say to you and say to me, and if I could say to your mother, I'm sorry. I'm really, really sorry. I caused this mess. Because I was bored, and I thought I was bigger and better than everybody else. Thank you. I accept. It's very nice of you to say that. <clears throat>
So you sit at the blackjack table. You I realize see. that it's not for you anymore. Correct. And I just, it just the thought went through my head. This is the dumbest thing I've ever done. You can't win. And I stood there looking at the different games. I looked at roulette. I looked at dice. I looked at blackjack. And I'm watching, uh, just watching people with the money's going out and going into the dealer, going out, going into the dealer. And I said, I just, this is stupid. Yeah. And I never, never did it again to this day. I, I, I live in Reno, Nevada. Yeah. And the only thing I go to, to casinos for is buffets and dinners. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, we've seen a couple shows, we can, uh, but that's it. I have no interest in gambling, and I only wish that uh, uh, Kathy, your mother, took the same attitude I did. I just yeah. Uh, but as far as her gambling problem, I, I take full responsibility for it. I put her into that, probably because of again my actions, my way of life, mm. um, which really wasn't hers. Yeah. I found this book. We don't have to go through and read it now, but I just wanted to show it to you. It was so. She would start. I made her start going to GA, gambling addiction. And it's a little workbook. And in here, there was one thing she wrote about you that I found interesting. It was that you kept telling her that she was lucky. And like, and that uh, when we drop her off at bingo. But I remember those bingo nights, some of the best times of our relationship. You know, we'd watch a lot of American gladiators and eat pizza and Chinese food and have a great time and play catch and stuff like that. But she said she said that you kept telling her that she was lucky. And it kind of like and then she would catch on and she'd win big. And then I don't know, it kind of stuck with her, I guess. I don't know if it was it was a compliment that later turned into a There is no luck in gambling, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, the only luck in gambling, if you walk in, put money down, win, and walk out. Yeah. The problem with gambling, and that I never learned until late in life, is the longer you stay there, mm -hmm. the odds all drop against you, and you can't win. You absolutely can't win. Yeah. And your mother proved that. She walks in, wins $20,000, and... Had she stopped then, she would have been a winner ahead. Yeah. But she didn't. She kept going on and on and on. And again, that was my characteristic. That was my way of doing things. Yeah. And again, with the life I was leading, with the women, with the gambling, with the liquor, with the traveling, with the thinking I'm you know, God's gift to the world, um, it created a bad effect it had on her. And I think on you to some degree, yeah. which is, again, what I apologize for, because I know and I understand what I did. Yeah. Will it happen again? No. Am I happy to have you back and my family? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm ecstatic. Uh, am I happy about Julie? I'm ecstatic. She's a great woman. Um, you have and we have the makings of, I think, a pretty strong relationship now. And, and that thrills me. I don't know how many years of life I have left. Yeah. I have a lot of things wrong with me. Mm. But I am going to make every day count. I will walk again. And just to have all of this in my life again is important. 
Am I sorry? Would I do it all over again? You bet I would. But it now is now, and then was then. Yeah, you do it all. You do it all again. I mean, you just said you would. I mean, no, I would not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, now, what, I, what I'm trying to say is, <laughs> life was then, and now is now. Yeah, I thought differently then. I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I know where I went wrong, but now I'm I'm in a much much better place. Enough of the gambling stuff. We 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 beat that to death. Uh, tell me about when you met Mom. What did you love about her? What did you what attracted you to her in the first place? <laughs> I met your mother in a place called the Alibi Lounge. <laughs> of course. Very. <laughs> <laughs> and I basically picked her up. Yeah. She was there with her sister, Judy. Mm-hmm. So I asked your mother to dance. Lovely roach of a woman. Go ahead. And Judy, she says, no, dance with my sister, Judy. She was trying to throw me on to Judy. Mm-hmm. And I danced with Judy. Yeah. And I said to her, I asked her a question while we were dancing. Something stupid like, you know, what's your sign or yeah. some dumb thing. And she didn't hear me. And I, and I jokingly said, are you deaf? Turns out I was right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then I went back and I, I started, I was attracted to your mother, not Judy. Mm-hmm. And we started talking and she's trying to push Judy on me. I says, I pulled her aside and says, I'm really not interested. They left. No phone numbers, no nothing. They just left. The following Friday night, I was there again, and there they were at the old Alibi Lounge. And this time, she was a little warmer. And we started to talk. I got her phone number. And next thing you know, we're dating. Yeah. You know, uh, Polish family. Um, I knew her mother, her father. Um, her father was a drinker. Yeah. Um, her brother Ed, mm-hmm. um, her twin brother Ed, and Judy. They all lived in this shack of a house. And uh, but in those days, I was kind of free and, you know, uh, so it didn't. None of that bothered me. Yeah. And we developed a relationship over the years. She. One of the things about your mother, and even even. To the point when we broke up, she's a good person, good human being, um, um, would help anybody. Yeah. You know, she had a temper. Oh, Lord knows. And, and, and I knew that. But if you could avoid the temper, she was a pretty good person. Yeah. And I can't say a bad thing about her. Again, the problems in our relationship were not her. They were me. And I would be the first to admit it. But I, as I said earlier, I didn't only hurt your mother, I hurt you. And I know when you growing up, you and I were close. Yeah. You were a great son, and I felt I was a pretty good dad. And then when all this happened, I kind of... I was guilty and embarrassed. And I said, I'm going to start my life somewhere else. Yeah. And that, too, is a mistake because you can't leave what you loved before. 
And as I say, I reached a time when I had to apologize. She didn't accept it, but I really had to apologize to your mother because I knew how wrong I was and what I did to her. And now in death, I look back and I apologize to her because I think about it a lot now since she passed away. Of, of you know, I don't know if I could have stopped her from dying. Yeah. But I could have certainly made her life a lot better. Yeah, easier. Again, you know, nothing against my family now, mm-hmm. but she she didn't deserve what she got. Yeah. And you didn't deserve what you got. It was hard. I mean, she never got alimony or anything like that. And, no. And so me and her were, you know, scraping other dollars. No, and 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 I was uh, I would call myself a deadbeat at that point. More interested in my accomplishments than what happened to you or your mother. And again, probably the worst thing I ever did or ever will do. Mm -hmm. I'm coming probably to the end of my life. And I don't want to leave this earth uh, with anybody that I love that's not loving me back. And for years, I took a very cold attitude toward you your mother, my family, uh, which is starting to change because I'm starting to realize they're not that bad and they're not that wrong. And to die without everybody's love. I had the love of my family, of Sandra and Hector and 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 my, my mother-in-law. They're all good people. But I need to expand that love to cover you, my sister, relatives that I haven't seen probably 20 years. And I don't want, my attitude's changed. I want, I want these people in my life if that's possible. Yeah. But most important, I want you in my life. I want my sister in my life. I want her daughters in my life. And I'm hoping that all comes and again with you moving to Los Angeles uh, with Julie and and uh, I can actually have a, a bigger family and this is what I want. So I guess to end this, as I say, I've uh, as they say, have seen the light yeah. and I'm starting to walk toward it. My attitude about everybody and everything has changed 100%. And I probably owe that to my wife, Sandra, who's basically, whether she realizes it or not, has changed me. Yeah. And made me actually a human being from, you know, a money-making fool. Yeah. And I think that's the difference in my life now. I'm, I'm happy. I'm content. Having you guys here is wonderful. And... Uh, Hector's graduation is wonderful. Hector going to college is wonderful. It's really cool. Expensive, but wonderful. Yeah. Um, and I'm a happy guy. Despite our financial situation, despite you know me still trying to get a job, I'm happy. I've never been this happy in my life Yeah. to have everybody together. Well, I do love you. And I love you. You know that. Thanks. I appreciate this. Well, that was my dad. And uh, I, you know what? I love you, Pop. And thank you so much for doing that with me. It meant the world. 
And uh, I'm so happy that we have a good relationship now. And if you've made it this far into the podcast, I'm impressed because this would be, I guess, more time you've uh, spent with my art since uh, I did theater in high school. Aww. So you know, he's only seen me do comedy once when really? I was in Reno. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was in the audience one because I, I found an open mic or not an open mic, but a show to get booked on. When I was in Reno and he came out to watch me do stand up and that was fun. Oh, what's that show? Just like a horse on stage and like kill me. <laughs> kill me. Like, it was a fun show, but it does not exist anymore. Okay. Those and my always- dad did walk out on Travis Irvine's set. <laughs> with the man with my dad Travis was like, I walked a man with no legs. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to go from uh, one guy who maybe didn't do so uh, hot as a father growing up to um, someone who seems to be crushing it. Yeah. Today, we are joined by a buddy of ours from back in New York, a a great comedian, an even better human being, and father, Mr. Ron Krasnow. Everyone give it up. Come on. All right, all right, all right, all right. Thanks for having me, Amber. Hey, Ron, what's the best part about being a dad? Oh, wow. I got to limit that to one thing. Um, Is it cleaning up the diarrhea or is it uh, uh, putting your hands over your ears to stop the screaming? um, It's the uh, the fact that uh, I have no power anymore. I've lost... (laughs) Any, not like I had much to begin with, but I am now, I live in a home where I have no say. I, my, oh, come on. My daughter, is now, say, my no daughter say. is now six. Oh, my Lord. All she wants to do is be a teenager. Dude, you're fucked. I know. I'm totally fucked. <laughs> I'm, I'm, but, but, but I have accepted this long ago, and I'm just enjoying it. Oh. <laughs> Man, that's great. That's great. But you got to wash out if she's putting on too much blush and lipstick. You know, she might be like popping that pretty pussy pretty soon and getting pregnant. Oh, God damn You got to watch Amber. out. That's oh, what happens. fuck you. That's <laughs> <laughs> daughters, you know. Uh, you got to watch out, man. I host the show with Amber so I don't have to say those things. Right now, everything is pointing to, uh, to, a, to a girl who likes to scissor. <laughs> oh, she's a lesbian? She likes going to the Home She's Depot with you. Very much in love with her best friend, uh, who on during Zoom school, she like when she does. Anyone have anything to say? She'll say yes. I have something to say. Yum! You look very nice today. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get her some uh, Fisher Price golf clubs. See how she takes to it. <laughs> yeah, well, I want to get her to softball first. Yeah. <laughs> As a weak dad, I really need a butch daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, does Power Wheels uh, do a Subaru? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> well, at least you won't get pregnant. It's great to be here. <laughs> so, Ron. Yes, sir. You have you have a six year old daughter. Yes, I do. You're 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 a father. Uh, if, if you don't, today's episode is all about dads. Uh, because this is in our series that we're doing. This is the last episode in our series uh, that are connected to my movie and the four main topics and the four main institutions that kind of fucked my mom over. And my dad was definitely one of them. And uh, and so I wanted to thank you for, for coming on. Uh, let me ask, if you don't mind a personal question, how's your relationship with your father? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. My parents are still married. They've been married for over 50 years. 
That's wonderful. Wow. He's a very laid-back, funny guy who doesn't get stressed out very easily. So That's great. He's, he's always uh, been a real easy-sounding board and someone to go to when either I'm in trouble or when life's going great. He's uh, He's been easy, uh, sort of an easy dad in that respect. That's good. You need a rock in your night life and not someone who be like, I'm having a bad time. And like, I'm having an even worse time. Yeah, yeah. no, no, that's my mother. Right. <laughs> <laughs> my, my mother's the cause of the psychosis, not my father. <laughs> <laughs> and how is your relationship with your daughter? It's great. Mimi, it, correct? It's great. Yeah, my daughter Mimi. It's great. I'm, uh, I'm a, I, I think that there's, that you really have a choice in life. Uh, as a parent, you can either be professionally successful or you can be a really good dad. And I'm, I'm a great, I'm a great dad. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good way to look at it. My dad definitely made a lot of money, but I never saw him. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least you're a great dad. I have neither. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also the, the thing is that anyone that's ever complained that football players always say, hi, mom, and they never say, hi, dad, are complete pieces of shit. That's, that's, this, is, <laughs> this is what I'm here to tell you, is that being a father is one-tenth as hard as being a mother. Maybe one- Of course. Maybe one hundred. Maybe 1,000 as being as hard as a mother. My kid relies on my wife as a life force. I'm her dad. Mom is life. You're just there to be like. I can, I can, I can turn on Netflix. I can, I, can, I can illegally download movies that she likes to see. I can, I can drive her places. I can take her to the park. But, but what mom is fucking sustenance and like my kid needs her to sleep to do everything and it's taking years off my wife's life and i gotta tell you i look great. you do buddy I, i've seen you out there i got a i got a new haircut <laughs> i look i'm a young 47 and 9 11th or whatever the traction is that's great. Yeah, every time I'm on Tinder or something and there's a dad who's like, yeah, we're both parents, but we're looking for like a threesome. And I'm like, I'm going to need the mom's consent yeah, in this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it seems like she, she's donating her life. I don't think the wife even knows about it. I think it's a twosome and she's not yeah. going to be there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's exactly it. Uh, Ron, what are some golden rules you, well, like, what are some stuff that you're going to make sure that you never do? To, to make to make sure that uh, Mimi grows up to love you for the rest of your life. Well, I will uh, never uh, tell her that Moana is a cheap whore. <laughs> I love Moana. So She's I. not a cheap whore. So do I. It's fantastic. But you know, in anger, you say things. Um, <laughs> I will never let her smoke mids or reg. <laughs> That's, I mean, Ron, you just showed that you were 47 by knowing what mids and regs are. Oh, yeah, I was like, what's that? <laughs> I mean, listen, does swag exist in 2020? I have no idea. My God, it's, it doesn't. It's, I couldn't, I love swag, and I can't find it. 
I don't know where to get it. I like mixing it with the crazy weed. Yeah. That way I can smoke and still talk to people. <laughs> you know, but... You, well, yeah, I mean, it's, you, 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 got, you texted me today as I was buying hash. I found a hash guy in New York City because I'm an old wow. man who likes to smoke drugs like, like it's the 1920s. Now, do you smoke around your daughter never. or do you never? never? You go in the other room the or other room. you wait till she's asleep no, or whatever? No, no, go in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> no, I tell her. Oh. <laughs> she comes back in like, why is daddy so happy? <laughs> why are we listening to the Grateful Dead again? <laughs> why are we eating Doritos dunked in nacho cheese? Uh, one of those three questions has been asked. <laughs> <laughs> does she know the Grateful Dead uh, individually she, yet? She does. She knows everyone's <laughs> name. She knows which instrument they all play. She knows Dead and Company. Uh, she has favorite songs. So you are a, she, you are a bad dad. She knows what she, she knows what he's gone is about. She knows that Mickey Hart's dad stole money from the dead. Uh, she, knows, she, she knows a lot. She knows more than I do. Yeah. Is that what you said? I uh, I fucking indoctrinated my kids. Uh, you know, you guys both know this, but the listeners don't. I was going through chemotherapy when my daughter was born. Uh, from stupid colon yes. cancer, and I used the Grateful Dead as my happy music, and like it never went away. So it's pretty much ninety percent of the music I still listen to is Grateful Dead. I I really make make my wife angry. Can I ask you about that course, a little more? Absolutely. So so you you had colon cancer while your wife was pregnant. I remember. Yeah. And and then you still had it when she was born, correct? Uh, the cancer was gone. I was going through chemo at the time. So when the, the, okay. the cancer was removed in early April, or what was a mass was removed, it was diagnosed as cancer on 420. Gee, oh, the worst. That's yeah. so aggravating. Yeah, what a this way to ruin it. This is proof it's Hitler's, Hitler's birthday. birthday. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Plus my hangover from Columbine. you got to be kidding me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so then I started chemo early May, and then I was on chemo till like uh, October-ish of 2014, and that's been it. Did you guys have any plans, like, if you didn't make it? No, no. Like, no. You, you didn't even think like that? No, because my chance of survival was so good. Like, everything was in my favor. They found it. They took it out. There was nothing remaining. The chemo was just for shits and giggles just to make sure so like i never shits and giggles is also what got you into this situation <laughs> yeah well that's the lack of shit that was the problem <laughs> so when your wife was pregnant usually they're like oh husband i want some green grapes and ice cream can you go get that for me but you're on chemo so she had to go get it herself uh yeah yeah well see actually this is the, so like when chemo started i was at 150 pounds and my doctor was like you gotta gain weight and i was like what can i eat and she was like anything you want so i was eating like waffle sundaes three times a day it was great <laughs> yeah you are a little guy oh, yeah. i never really think about that you carry yourself like a I big ballooned man. up to 185 i had no pants i could wear <laughs> the, uh, still got a hundred pounds on you yeah well still- <laughs> you're, you're the second biggest baby in florida's history so i mean fifth 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 born first you were born twice as big as me god damn 
right I was. Never forget that. (laughs) (laughs) So here's a question. So as a father, what time do you wake up? Because every time I talk to parents, they're always like, I get up at 3.30 in the morning for a little time for me. Oh, yeah, you'll hate me on this. Mm -hmm. I wake up at 5.30. So I can take oh. so I can take my dog to Prospect Park for off leash time. Uh, mm-hmm. So take him to the park nice. where I have like forty five minutes for uh, a morning joint or some just some weed <laughs> and listen to the news and get Pinky out and meet up with some of my uh, my dog owner friends that are a lot of fun and then I go back home wake up family and uh, start the day. You know we're in fucking quarantine, you know, quarantine school, uh, my kids basically been uh, doing remote schooling uh, since March. Kindergarten or first grade? Uh, she's now in first grade. So what is that even like? Like, yeah. how do you learn how to spell? Like, I don't know. It's just crazy to me. Is quarantine like their first word, you know? I mean, it's amazing the shit she knows. Uh, she asked the other day, she was like, I don't even remember what it was like before Corona. And then my wife started crying. And I was like, this oh my is cool. God. Like, this is why my wife doesn't watch The Walking Dead, and I do. So I'm like, this is just the aftertime. I'm, I'm ready for it. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. Really, who's most affected, I think, emotionally with corona, or the lockdown, is two-year-olds to 18-year-olds. Because at that time, you need to like socialize, get out, talk to somebody who's different than you, learn new things. And if you're just sitting at home all day, it's quarantine. Yay, I go quarantine. And that's like the saddest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, like the second through like fifth month when we were still all scared of everything and everyone in New York was just dying left and right. And basically my wife and daughter didn't leave the house and I would do all the shopping and get all PPE'd up and that was a fucking nightmare. Like having a, a, at that point she's five, just like missing social interaction and she would just talk to our neighbor over the fence like uh, like she was, like it was tool time. <laughs> No. Just watching Daddy get dressed up in a hazmat suit to go get some soup. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was just awful, and and she was driving us crazy, and you know you want to be a, a kind, considerate parent, but when your kid's driving you bonkers, it's fucking impossible. Oh, I noticed during quarantine, like all those people that were like, "Children are my life. You gotta have kids." Like they got real quiet. Nobody said shit. Like when we were all locked down. No. But before then, they're like, "You gotta have kids." But I, I mean, I had that feeling right after Mimi was born was like how anyone could be against abortion after I just brought this child into this world, like the amount of money it cost, the amount of life changing it was going to bring. Like you want to, you want to force someone to do this? We should be like throwing parades to the abortion clinic. They'd be like, no, 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 go, go, go. You don't want this. (laughs) Trust me. It's so hard. It's so goddamn hard. Like, there's plenty, there's plenty worthwhile to it. There are so many things my kid does that make me laugh, make me smile, that, like, make my wife and I, we hug each other and we look at her and we're like, wow, this is amazing. But, like, it is so fucking hard every goddamn day. Every day. And anyone who looks at their single friends as you don't know what they're missing out is just trying to bring them into the cult. That's it. It's just an indoctrination technique. <laughs> What's the hardest part about being a dad? Uh, no. I said no. Why can't you understand why I said no? <laughs> I'm not saying no because yeah. I want to fight you. I'm saying no because it's 7 o'clock and I'm 
Yeah. I know your hula hoop is too light. You've told me it's too light. You want the outdoor hula hoop inside. The outdoor hula hoop has the right heft, but your mother is a goddamn clean freak and will not let the outdoor hula hoop inside the house. And no, I can't go buy you a new heavy hula hoop right now. Yeah, that's good because if you if you say okay, we've all met those people as adults who you know you could tell their parents said okay allegedly, yeah. and they're just assholes. They're just assholes because their parents never said. No. I mean, there have been there are plenty of times that we're all okay. Like, Daddy got ice cream. Yeah, that's good. That's a great idea. That's gonna make you happy and me a little fatter. Fantastic. Let's, let's play. Let's play a, a, a little game here. I'm Mimi. And I got all my crayons out, and all of a sudden, I just start stepping on them and mashing them into the carpet. Uh, how do you react? Mimi, what, stop, stop that. What are you doing? What are you doing? Stop that right now. Stop that right now. I just put the, smash the, the crayons into the carpet. The carpet's one color. I just figured it could use some more colors. Okay, now I'm going to start laughing. So I laugh, I laugh, I laugh. <laughs> this is the other thing. She's, when she does bad things, I laugh. All the goddamn time. Because it's funny. Sometimes it pisses her off. It and is. she's like, why are you laughing at me? I'm like, because it's funny what you're doing. I'm sorry. Oh. I mean, I, I, yeah, you know, honestly, I don't know how mad I'd get at that. I probably wouldn't get that mad. We buy a lot of carpets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so another role play. Okay. I've opened up the marinara sauce, and I'm sticking my fingers in it. I'm sticking my fingers in it, and I'm like, mmm, yummy marinara sauce. Okay, first of mm, all, mm. that is uh, $9 a jar because I buy Rayos. <laughs> and at, the, at this point, the police are now uh, putting cuffs on my hands. <laughs> so the carpet is less important oh, than the yeah, sauce and the, the crash I'm my Rayos sauce. That shit is gold. <laughs> All right, Ron, this is the brighter side. What's the brighter side of being a pop? What's the greatest part about it? Um, Daddy, the Grateful Dead are the greatest rock band in the world, right? <laughs> yeah. She, you got her trained. She walked, she walked up to me randomly and said, and just asked me that. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so great. You just start crying. Of <laughs> yeah, just yeah. I guess you just get to impose your own life and ideas on this other tiny version of you. You just have to hope that you've had your own shit figured out before they pop out of here. Uh, but you do, Ron. I, You're all, well, I mean, you do. I, I, I don't know about that. You just gotta hope that you can get like as much of your dumb hippie shit in their heads before uh, Barbie and Moana take over. Oh yeah, that is a good idea. Because they don't really cross over that much. The uh, you know, know it's a good one. Have you watched Zootopia with her yet, oh, yeah, or is that yeah, a little she, too advanced? No, she loves Zootopia. Oh god, that's perfect for children. She, that's that's the thing. Like, oh, I know any new song, any any song of the last fifteen years. I know, I know from Zootopia, Trolls, uh, any any of those like Disney movies or Pixar movies are fantastic, and I've watched them all a million times, and I love them all. Like I've watched Frozen two probably seventy five times. This is a <laughs> this is a shameful plug, but uh, watch my cooking show with her because kids seem to love it. I will absolutely I will absolutely watch Amber's cooking show on IG with Amber Nelson with my daughter. <laughs> yeah, ha has she seen Roast Battle? She has not. Trump a Roast Battle. God damn it, <laughs> Ron Krasner.
Fresno. Thank you so much for joining us, dude. I love you. I miss you. I can't. Hopefully, I get to New York at some point in the in the distant future and uh, give you another hug. I love you guys so much. I miss you too the most. Stay safe, stay healthy. Go check him out at Ron Krasnow on Twitter and Instagram, R-O-N-K-R-A-S-N-O-W, Krasnow. Can I also plug uh, uh, on Instagram, Street Riders NYC, where I, uh, it's a bike protest collective that does uh, Black Lives Matter protests every Saturday. Um, That's amazing. Where do you meet? We meet uh, in different places every time. Uh, it's all posted on Instagram. We were the the group that was actually involved in a pretty bad hit and run this past Saturday, right by Madison Square Park. Three of our riders got hit Jesus. and run, two sent to the hospital. Um, but they caught the fucker. Um, Hell, that's crazy. Yeah, very crazy. Uh, I'm glad you're okay, buddy. Uh, Thanks for going out and fighting for us. I'm going out every Saturday, so uh, anyone who wants to come join us, uh, Street Riders NYC on Instagram. I, I, I saw you. I saw one of your posts that cracked me up. You said you realize that your place in all of this is going up to police officers not wearing their masks and asking them why they're not wearing their masks. Also, I'm also telling them to quit their job. That's my old, my, my new favorite thing. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I want to talk about alimony. I had no idea what that was. I thought once the kid turns 18 and y'all get divorced, then bye-bye. Yeah, no, I mean, that's child support. Okay. Yeah, alimony, I mean, that's just a check that you have to pay your wife forever. But why? Because Because you, because they are, here's why, all right? My mom was basically told, don't worry about going to college. You don't have to worry about your career. I got it covered. They get married 25 years down the road. He's got six girlfriends. Now you could swallow your pride and take money from him and be financially set and live in a house that you hate or you can get divorced and you not you don't have to live off your $10 an hour shitty job. I see, I see. That's what alimony is. I see, yes, because I think, I think it's more of a newer thing where women are being like... It's been around forever. Go to college, you gotta go to college. My family was oh, like, that, you gotta that, go to yeah, college. So now, now women's... Yeah, it's, we've seen the flaws of yeah. relying on the man. It needs to be a team effort. Yeah. You know, it really does. It does. A lot of people are so upset over um, alimony child support. I'm like, well, we were told not to go to college for years. That's why I was told go to college. I mean, I got a scholarship, so I don't have debt. I can see why maybe now do you would be like, don't go to college, go to a trade school because things are so expensive now. Mm-hmm. But but if you married like yeah. a really like like a bum and you married him for a little while and you were paying all the bills and you were doing all this shit and then one day you guys get divorced. I still got to pay him. You might have to pay him. Fuck that. <laughs> I make good money. Prenup. Yeah, that's prenups will be here. Yeah, pre, you know what a prenup is, right? Yes, yes, yes. I make good money. You, you know? do make good money. I do. I know how to make good money. I know how to take care of myself. Yeah. Uh, me and Julie are going to get a prenup. You are? Or no, not? we are not. I mean, because yeah. it's just like... It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. It is. I mean, like, I guess, like, for some people, it makes a lot of sense. Like, if you're super rich and you meet them when you're super rich... But I don't, I know that when uh, Julie fell in love with me when I was borrowing money from her, so um, I love her, and uh, you know we'll never have a prenup, you know, yeah. and, and Lord knows she'll probably end up being uh, way more successful than me anyway. So, 
And so, yeah, so the prenup won't be for us, but I could see how it could work for other people. It makes me just, I'm thinking about my past when my family was so harping on me to go to college and I'm looking at all of my older, because my, my family's much older. Yeah. And I see a lot of like great aunts and things that are just in this marriage that no one, mm-hmm. no one likes and they can't leave. Yeah. Because what are you going to do? No. It's okay. a disaster. Now it all makes sense. Yeah. All right. Great. Brighter side. Brighter side of dads. Brighter side of dads. I feel like it's this is an easy one. Yeah, they you know they barbecue. Mm-hmm. Um, they they let you play rough. Teach you to be tough. Teach you to be tough. They always got some kind of cool thing they're gonna show you, or like a mm-hmm. magic trick or whatever. Um, yeah. I say for all like the shitty things that my dad did to me in my life, I will say that we had a really good relationship. You know, when I was a kid, you know, like, yeah, there was like the whole football thing and, you know, and all that. And like, you know, practically torturing me to lose weight and all that shit. But like he taught me about comedy. He taught me about timing. Uh, He taught me about like standing up for myself. He taught me about making money. He taught me about like how to talk to girls. Like he taught me a lot of things that. You know, he was a good dad. He just like fucked up majorly four times. Yeah. You know, like it was like one of those things. Like, so it's like, it's weird because, and that's also one of the reasons why I couldn't hate him, you know, because we had a great times. We laughed so hard together. He took me to fucking Disney world. You know, he made sure that I had cool toys, you know, like he bought me a Nintendo, you know, he never, you know, he didn't like deny me stuff. And like when my mom would leave town, like we would have a lot of fun. We'd or we'd stay up late and watch dirty, watch like dirty movies and fucking not like porno, but like yeah. you know, like you know, vacation, you know, and stuff like that. You or know, like or or the cab driver was that movie? Yeah. Oh, uh, DC cab. Taxi driver. Taxi driver. No, yeah, no, I watched that on my own. We were, but he would we, we he like let me watch whatever horror movie I wanted to watch. Married with children, you know, all that fun stuff. And so like we in Chinese food, and he taught me a lot about life. And like, so I, I do love my father. I'm so happy that we made up. And I think that a lot of people out there have a bad relationship with their dads because it's very easy to not like your dad. Uh, there's a reason, there's a reason it's made fun of in multiple places. Uh, so, so it just, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, I believe in second chances. I believe in third. Sometimes I believe in fifth chances. And so like, just think about it, you know, and I guarantee it's, you don't have to be best friends. You don't you don't have to be best friends, but it is good not to hate them is kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. You wear hatred like a mask. Mm-hmm. Wear beauty and health and positivity like a mask. Amen. Amen. Well, this has been the brighter side. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Go check out How America Killed My Mother at HowAmericaKilledMyMother.com. You can rent it for $3.99. You can buy it for $6.99. And it's only going to be up for the month of October in a couple days in the first week of November. So get in there and get it now. Uh, If you buy it on Vimeo, you don't get to download it, but it's always on your Vimeo. So if you buy it now, you can have it forever. If you don't want to watch it now because it's too intense and you want to watch it around Christmas or something with your family... You can buy it now, hold on to it, and then watch it then. Uh, Guys, uh, thank you, Ron Krasnow. Thank you, Dad, for coming on the show. Uh, Twitters. Let's do the Twitter thing. At Ron Krasnow, at BrighterSideLPN, at Amber Smelson, at Eddie Tunes underscore, at Last Podcast Network. 
Instagram, Ron Krasnow, The Brighter Side LPN, Amber Smelson, Eddie Tunes, Nando, please be nice. Uh, last podcast network, Amber, your Patreon's crushing it. Uh, go to Amber's Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Amber Smelson and your cooking show. It's honestly, it's funnier every fucking week. Thank you. And uh, it is it is great and I look forward to it. It's Subscribe to Amber on YouTube, and it'll just pop up whenever she releases it, and it, that's great for me. Also, she releases it on Instagram, and we usually uh, post about it on the uh, Brighter Side page as well. Um, How America Kill My Mother, uh, uh, Twitter, How America Kills. Uh, share your stories there. Oh, we didn't do um, Classy Night In this uh, past week. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, me and Henry realized that we were way too busy. But uh, you can wait for the next one on October 21st. Amber, Jackie, and Holden will be involved in that. That at 6.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific Time, 9.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time. Uh, the, every Saturday in October, we are doing LPN Spooky Saturdays. Me and Amber will be on the episode tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Friday. So we'll be on the uh, 1010 episode together, which will be a lot of fun. And then I am also... Did you do last week's? No, I saw last week's. You I saw last week. Was it fun? It was fun. I can't wait to check it out. I missed last week's because I wasn't available, and I won't be on the next week's, but I'll be on the last two personally. And I think you're on the one that I'm not doing. Okay. So check out every week. You'll catch either me or Amber on there. Um, sticker giveaway is still going on. I slowed down because I've been doing a lot of promo for the movie. Just keep sending me your address. I promise it'll get out to you eventually. Um, the show is the brighter side. It's free on Spotify, all a part of the last podcast network. Thank you, Fernando, for all the hard work you do. I'm looking at you. I love you, buddy. Um, no Spotify playlist this week. I'm busy, people. But the song we are going to play to take us out is the song from the movie. Uh, Doug Austin wrote Kathy's song. He wrote a song for my mom. Aww. I didn't even... Doug Austin's, uh, he's one of the leaders of the Cowmen. Uh, he's a very talented musician. Uh, I didn't even ask him. He like he just sent me a version of it that he just made for me, and I thought it was so beautiful yeah. that we uh, we paid for some studio time, and it became like the theme of the movie. So I really love this song. It's beautiful. It's called Kathy's Song by Doug Austin. Um, and... That's it. Enjoy it. Because uh, it's a. Uh, we love you guys. This is a brighter side. A cynical look at optimism. Be good to yourselves. Mama, won't you give me a little smile? It's been dark here for a while. Your glowing love, warm embrace. What I wouldn't give just to see your face. See your face. Your face, Mama. Can I have some of your empathy? The world ain't what it ought to be. Your glowing love, a warm embrace. What I wouldn't give just to see your face. See your face. See your face. Peanut buttercups, glass of orange juice, cleaning out the old garage and eating too much food. Mama won't shine your light for me. They can't take 
that from me You're glowing the warm embrace What I wouldn't give just to see your face See your face See your face This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.